0: You are now listening to the Claim It podcast with me, your host, your joyologist, Trisha Huffman. Every week, I have a conversation with someone that I'm intrigued and inspired by. We talk about their journey, their fears, their doubts, their failures, their missteps, all of that, and how they get through it all to be able to live their life, to claim their joy, to claim their worth, to claim their enoughness, to claim their value. And to see where they may still struggle with that. Because I have worked with people that have it all and what I have learned through all my personal work and the work I do with others is that our joy, our worth, our enoughness, our love can't just be handed to us. Even when people are right there telling us that we have it, we won't feel it unless it's something that we are claiming for ourselves. So it's up to you to claim your joy, your worth, your value, your enoughness, all of it. And you can do that right now. <laughs> On today's episode, I have a good friend of mine, Robin Eucalyptus. Robin is a two-time best-selling author. She's a speaker, internationally renowned health coach. She's a mama to her little girl, Navy. I love Robin because she's real and she does a lot of obviously about health, what to eat in the wellness world, but the wellness world can be really confusing. (laughs) She tells a lot of great information, but one of her biggest messages and the name of her first book was Go With Your Gut. Her second book is called Thin From Within, meaning that you got to do the internal work. Even if you're following every single wellness, diet, whatever hack, the work is on the inside. So I'm sure you can see why we're good friends. <laughs> we talk about a lot of different things in this episode. And one thing that I really loved is we talked about our relationship with the mirror and brought up the idea of body neutrality. So, not just body positivity. But being neutral with your body, which is a term that I heard first coined by somebody named Bethany Myers, I'm not sure if that's where it originated. Also, I mentioned Bethany in the episode and I refer to Bethany as her, but Bethany is actually non-binary and prefers the pronouns they, them. So I wanted to make sure to state that because I appreciate and acknowledge What people want to be called. So there we go. And here is the episode. Hi, Robin. Hi, Trisha. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna start because Rob we are both in LA right now, and Robin is coming home from a moment of Mm. scatterness. Mm -hmm. What would be and all the things happening at once? And she said just give me a moment to land. And she sat down and took some deep breaths, which I love. Is that something where you are in your life right now? If it wasn't me sitting here waiting to interview with microphones, do you feel confident that you would do that no matter who it was and no matter where you are? Oh, great question. I think you, cause I was like, love this. <laughs> it would, you know, cause that's something you definitely needed to do. But sometimes I'm nodding. Sometimes when we're in a like, oh, I don't know if I belong here or if like you're at E-News like you were last week or something like that, obviously you wouldn't be like, Robin, it's your spot. We're recording. Hold on. Let me drop in. But meaning just like, do you feel like you're in a space in your life where you could do that wherever?
1: I definitely feel like I have the confidence to do that and that I've gotten stronger in saying this is what I need. What do I need right now? Okay, it's this. Oh, I need a sip of water. Oh, I need... To pee, you know, what are the things that I actually really need for myself to be able to do everything that's in front of me? And I really feel like in my career, in my personal life, my capacity has expanded so much in the last few years. Your capacity, what is that? For like everything. Like I I feel like I do a hundred things in a day because I I kind of do, but I feel like I enjoy that. And that's my flow, and that's what I have energy and what I have space for. But I have the capacity for those things because I do take a moment to be like, okay, everyone's going to wait for me for two minutes so I can get myself into a place where I am ready to show up from a place that feels joyful instead of just pushing through. Yeah, Because the pushing through would then spiral me into a negative moment where I'd then pick a fight with my husband, which would then take me out of myself, which would take me out of my work, and I would have something to blame. Mm-hmm. Because it's never going to be the things around you. It's always it's always going to come back to you.
0: Like so, when you're saying I would have something to blame. So meaning like before this awareness, where you're taking a breath or whatever, and you so instead you could be like you could be like, well, your husband Scott, it's your fault or whatever that I'm like this because you did this or whatever, or whatever. But not because now you're able to see. Let me take a moment to recenter myself, and then you can be fully aware what he's saying or asking you or even if it's something you've already said, maybe I'm like referencing my own relationship or whatever. or Like we've already talked about this or just make your own dinner, whatever the thing that could be like taking you off. It's like because you stopped and took a breath, then you can't then blame like, he never listens or he never does anything for himself. Then you'll be able to see I'm in a calm place and just answer calmly. It's not that big of a deal, Mm -hmm.
1: which makes it easier and harder sometimes, right? It's like sometimes (laughs) it's I feel like it's like, old school robin to be able to point a lot of fingers or place blame and it's not that i was right or that i was wrong it was irrelevant it was just taking me out of my energy of what my body needs to not just live but to thrive and that is to feel calm to feel connected yeah. to feel a sense of purpose to feel like even if there's some weird conversations happening or some things that feel mucky in my life it's all still going to be okay like i i can see that i won't feel like this forever i can know That there's a higher truth, that there's a clearer moment coming. It just may not feel like that in this moment. And I love that we're sharing this because, you know, coming into this, like I kind of had a sticky day. And I I love to share that, like, you're getting the Robin from a sticky day. And so, how do I work through that? There's tons of other podcasts that you can listen to where it's like Robin coming from a beautiful aligned day. And yeah, I have a lot of those days, but not every day is going to look like that. Some days are going to be sticky and complicated and squidgy and itchy. And it's like, okay, so. How do you show up when that's your moment and that's your truth?
0: Yeah. Where do you feel like, do you know, was there somewhere that you learned or somewhere in your own life or just like, okay, I need to do things a different way, like where you started to implement taking these pauses? Yeah, I definitely think with having a child, like I just, I literally
1: didn't have any space to burn myself out. Over things that weren't a priority. Like it was, I have two books now. I had a book that came out three years ago called Go With Your Gut. And when I was creating that book, the only thing that I said was, I don't want to have my book and my baby come out at the same time. And of course, that's exactly what happened because I can't do math and I didn't understand that, you know, when you get pregnant, it actually backdates it to your last period cycle. So anyways, just so you guys know, um, if you're doing any family planning, God laughs, right? So I had a baby and a book at the same time. And because of my exhaustion, because I felt like such poop and because I literally was at my book launch party nine months pregnant and a baby came out two weeks later, oh my I literally could not handle anything that wasn't like, what is most important? What's necessary? What do you enjoy the most? What's the most fun for you? And everything else just didn't make the cut that day or that week or that month or that year and I think in having a kid and having so many sleepless nights and now having a three year old toddler who has a lovely habit of coming to our room every night and it's so cute, except it's not when you're <laughs> already not such a great sleeper um you know your 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 energy really does become your highest commodity, even above time, I think,
0: and so mm-hmm. I just
1: have to be so so um tender with it.
0: And so that like, so having Navy and just needing like, okay, things falling away and really seeing where priority and your energy lied. So then when you like started to get back more into the mix and you were realizing like, did you have moments of like, oh my God, I'm burning out again. I can't do this to myself. Like where again? Like, you know, did you integrate breaks? Because I saw in that it's like more like I'm choosing differently. Yeah. Or I'm choosing more powerfully yeah. what I'm saying yes to and putting my time on.
1: And it's funny and saying like, I don't have as much energy for these things that don't matter as much. I've also felt in coming back to what I started with, like I actually my capacity has also grown because of that, because my priorities are clearer. And I feel like there's actually even more space. For the things that I love and want to do. And that's why life right now feels so full. So
0: even though in many ways you might be doing more, I don't know why I cut you off. No, it's okay. Like I'm gonna say it better than you.
1: But like, no, I love the way you say things. <laughs> I, like, that's why I don't I post know. your Instagram quote so much because I'm like, thank you for putting that in words, but I just couldn't do.
0: No, it's so yeah, it was sort of like you feel like you have a capacity to do more. In many ways, you might actually be doing more now than you ever did before, Navy, because you're so much more clearer and aligned with what you want to do, what your message is, what your role is or whatever in the world, or just like you feel so much more aligned and so you have the capacity to do more things.
1: Yes. And I also drop in much faster. So let's say before what I... What is that? Yeah. So let's say before I had a five-hour work window, if I would debate about my workout or something like that, or I would get there and not be clear about what I want to be doing or think, well this is where my, my genius zone lies, but I have to do these 10 things first because that's what a good employee employer, um, business owner does. Now my workout's clear. I've, I've taken away so much noise around that. It's like, okay, I know I'm doing this on Tuesday or I know it's time for me to do this. So that's super clear. So I've taken care of my body and taken care of myself. I've prioritized meditation or journaling. Some, something along those lines gets in there before I show up for my, air quotes, work. And then when I get to work, I know what I need to do. I know what I, I know what my role is. Um, this past week I I didn't feel very well. And it helped me get even clearer again of like, okay, when I do go back to the desk, back to my office, back to work, even though in my work, work's happening all the time. Um, but when I go more, more into that focus time, like, no, Robin, don't go just back to your inbox, don't go back to these emails. You are hiring a new assistant so that you can. It just got me even clearer on like, okay, where am I supposed to be focusing my time? And I had a two hour co-working session with um one of my employees my amazing team member Emily and it felt great because I felt like I got 5 hours worth done in those 2 hours because it was just the things I was supposed to be focusing on it was decision making or it was shaking out content or what a talk is going to be about it's the things that I'm like yes 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 and not the things that are like oh god no
0: that's interesting I've I've noticed actually in the last month or so since I started I started I launched my YouTube series, the I Call Bullshit series, and the podcast isn't live. When we're airing this, it'll be live. They imagine that. (laughs) But anyway, I recorded a bunch of podcasts in the month of April. And um, so that meant I was away a lot more and I had technically less time for all the work that I had been doing or creating. But yet I have less like work hours and computer time now But I'm getting everything done more where it sort of is like realizing like, oh, my capacity increased where I actually have less time than ever. But those things that I think I would sit around like I have to do this today and then like, oh, let me answer this email. Let me do this back end thing like I would get lost into these like must do's or something. But I wasn't doing the creative stuff. I don't know. It's funny. Like now that I'm doing creative things or putting myself out there, things that don't even feel like work it's not taking away from the actual other work. Like it's like I get things done more because I'm more, more lit focused. up. I'm You're more, more aligned. More focused. I'm more fulfilled. Yeah. So then even those little things that used to weigh on me or that I didn't enjoy doing or felt like they took so long are now getting done so easily <laughs> by myself. Totally. Even I'm still doing everything and enjoying that. And it's like, so it's interesting. <laughs> and every time I come to Los
1: Angeles, so I, for those of you who don't know, I live in Brooklyn, New York, and I'm in LA part-time. Um, I used to live in Los Angeles. And then for the last 10 years or so, my husband and now my three-year-old daughter, Navy, um, we come back and forth and we do an apartment swap. And my husband has an office and employees here and he works for himself and I work for myself. So kind of worked this out. Um, Partially, maybe I manifested a little. I've I've recently started to give myself a little more credit in that department. People are like, oh, cool. I want to do that. How'd you make that happen? I'm like, well, it was always
0: happening. What do you mean? That's my issue with words like manifest. Like I believe in the manifestation. Let's manifest things. But it also means like you were aligned and you knew what you wanted and then you did things to make it happen while believing it was possible. Totally. Totally. <laughs> but you didn't sit around and go, I am manifesting, I will be bi coastal and then not do a happen. damn thing yeah. about it.
1: But little by little, here we are. Um but back to the original point is that when I'm in Los Angeles, my team has been working already for a few hours by the time I come online. And so to come back to that point of having my time be more focused on where my genius zone is, my personal like, here's where you're really great at your work, Robin. Um, it's much more lined up for me and I can work way less hours when I come here. Whereas in New York, I, I fall back in the pitfall of working the whole day, whereas I didn't really need to. It would have benefited me more to do more self-care or more stuff on social media or more just even things I'm passionate about and then do the couple hours of computer work or whatever it is. Does that make sense? So it's like because of the time zone
0: change, I get a little... Yeah, like you feel like you're like off the hook in some ways because you're like, okay, well, it's now my whatever 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. that I'm on work hours. And so you'll have a shorter window with them but you still get everything exactly. done,
1: exactly. And I feel like things have been buffering. It's like things were getting ready for you, and it's also there's a really cool energy for that. It's like no, I'm I'm ready for this when you're all ready and we're all ready, or whatever the assignments are, the projects are are ready for me. I don't need to stand here waiting, going, is it is it is the bo- water boiling yet? Yeah, you know. And I spent a lot of time babysitting my business too, and I'm recently learning like I don't need to do that. Like it's thriving, it's great, it's this breathing, you know, being with its own energy and life to it, and I. I'm clear on my role in supporting my business now, as opposed to being all of it, all the time in it, etc.
0: So let's talk about your business and how that started to become a business, because right now, it's a pretty, I would imagine, a pretty big thing. You have two books. You have, you do one-on-ones in different ways and all sorts of different coaching groups. Different things are always happening. You're always hiring, it looks like. So it looks like (laughs) things are really happening. Why and how did you get into the health industry? Because I also feel like, did you at one time were you interested in musical theater or acting oh yeah I was a big musical theater kid so
1: <laughs> so how did I get to whatever this business is that she's talking about yeah so um, I did I grew up acting dancing as a kid I was Mary Poppins I was Peter Pan I flew through the air with the greatest of ease I loved performing did you really get to fly yeah, yeah. I had the whole rig and like we would practice it after dinner and I would get so nauseous but anyways I remember that um, oh yeah it was like a whole it was no that's like legit <laughs>
0: theater then if you're doing that yeah kind I did of like stuff. regional
1: local theater and some tour stuff. and Shakespeare, I love doing Shakespeare. And then I when I went to college, it was interesting because my dad was like, i I thought I wanted to do a theater program. And he's like, "I'm not going to send you to school for acting. You've been doing this your whole life. Like,
0: so it wasn't that he didn't believe in you as an actor. He was just like, you don't need to go to acting school. You already are an actor. You already
1: are an actor. and I'm not putting an astronomical bill so you can, you know, get more training in something you've been doing since you were born,
0: which I get.
1: I get. But at the time, too, looking back, I'm like, wouldn't it be interesting? I wonder what it would have happened if I was encouraged to just fully allow myself to own that theater career, because I don't think that ever really happened for me.
0: So do you like then going into college when you were starting to look, were you like, oh, I want to pursue acting more?
1: I thought I think I thought, yes, I, but I think I thought it was like, OK, he has a valid point There's definitely other things you're interested in. Um, I was very interested in international law and criminal court work, and so I went to school for to be an international criminal court lawyer. Whoa! I know. Was
0: that an interest? I know. (laughs) Because not just criminal law, but international.
1: I know. I just I'm I'm one of those people that I'm very very sensitive around abuse or atrocities in the world or genocide. Like I'd see that stuff and more than just like, look away, I can't handle it. It'd be, I have to do something about it. And so I just was very connected into the United Nations and working at nonprofits and doing stuff like that to help make that better in the Growing world. Growing up
0: even, like yeah, in high school. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like I would read those papers and like, that's where I wanted to be. That was my first internship was at Halo, which was, um, used to disassemble uh, bombs. That's what, yeah, I know. It's like
0: wow. crazy story. I'm giving a really crazy look because I'm <laughs> like, what?
1: Nobody knows this. I know. So I went to school for that. I was a double major in international relations and political philosophy and um, didn't do anything with acting. I just did the sorority thing and
0: college. And why do you feel like you didn't do anything with acting? Was it like, oh, I'm not allowed to get an acting degree, so I'm not an actor anymore? Or, did, or were you able to see like, I am interested in many other things. I think, I
1: think a mix of all of it. Um, my father also passed away when I was 17. Um, so my freshman year of
0: college. Oh, so he was saying, I'm not going to foot the bill for this. And then before you started college, he had passed away. Yeah.
1: So um, September of my freshman year is when he passed away. Oh wow. So I actually stayed home for a semester to be with him because he was sick and dying, basically. And so lots of layers there, essentially. So I, I think eventually when I got to Syracuse, it was Syracuse was more. So I went to Syracuse University. It was more of an all or nothing kind of environment. It wasn't like I was in New York City where I could have been going to school for something else and doing theater on the side. It's like you were either in the theater program or there wasn't really much theater around you. So I think I just let myself, you know, be a college kid and go to all the sorority parties and just let loose with all of that. Because, um, you know, I just lost my father and I was at college and it was weird and I didn't know what to do with myself. And I sort of had that story in my head, too, that he was like, would support me being an actor, but wasn't going to support it
0: through it in a degree. So, interesting. I don't know. So then I graduated. Did you were you like into the classes you were taking stuff or were you just yeah, like going through them? It. I did yeah. love it. Yeah, I loved my I loved my college classes. I loved the work that I
1: got to do. And where it comes together a bit when I graduated was again, still a little bit of the story of being an actor isn't enough. Like, oh, you can be an actor, but you also need to make sure your resume. Like if you looked at my acting resume and you looked at my post college and you looked at my work resume you would never have known that the other existed.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Cuz I managed to like do theater at nights and weekends and do little and then acting also things had your and then also do my internships or my jobs exactly so that like I could make my mom happy and I could also make myself happy. And I spent a lot of my early 20s like wondering did was that the right thing? You know, what if I just let myself really go and pursue a career in acting what would that have looked like without the pressure of well, look at my my work resume, it's still so good
0: and so solid. So when you say making your mom happy, was she not similar to my dad, similar
1: to my dad? I think like they were happy with it, but they knew like that wasn't really going to be a career that could support me. And, you know, the story
0: around that. It's like, well, that's not safe. Of course, we believe in you, but it's not that easy. So you just need to get a degree and go pursue something where you get a safe salary job.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so I, I managed to I would say one of my skills is figuring out how to do everything. At the same time, like my mom says to me, there was some story. Like when I'm I, looking
0: around like, this doesn't sound like something fun to do. <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> I know. I've, I've taken a note. It's like, true, I'm like, though. Wow,
0: that's awesome of you. and That also feels like a really heavy load to carry. I know.
1: I said to my mom, tells a story. I don't remember. She's like, you were like three or four or something when she came to me on a Sunday and she's like, we can do this today or we can do that. And she's like, you said to me, we can do both. And here's how. So I've always been the like, do it all girl, figure it all out. I can do two careers at the same time. I can be superwoman. I can be supermom. And recently, I don't know if you saw my Instagram, I did a post where I was like, I am no longer the do it all girl. Like I, I am tired AF from doing that. But look how many things I've gotten to do because I spent so many years being the do it all girl. But I definitely think I've, I'm lightening the load now.
0: Do you feel like, cause I have like undercovered and I've talked about it in different episodes too, like it was a sort of like I took on this persona. Like for me, it was I don't need you like that. I was always projecting I don't need you in a row, which was to cover up for the feeling of feeling like nobody cared about me. So but I don't need you got me to do a lot of like, yeah, I was so you. independent. I was you so understand. strong. Yeah. And then, of course, I then uncovered layers. It was also like holding me back, which I'd worked through. But um, do you feel like, you know? Yeah, totally. I feel like
1: me. I've got this right? I can put 10 things on my calendar tomorrow. No problem. I'll serve you two better kind of thing. Like, yep, I can do all the things. I can do all the self-care things, all the life things, all the wife things, all the business owner things, all the personal things. Watch me and not burn out. Watch how perfectly I can do all of this. And I think it's gotten me really far. Yeah. You know, and but in the last year, I've felt the timely and needed and wonderful opportunity to let, like put some of those suitcases down. Like these are really heavy bags I've been carrying, and I can put them down a little bit. I'm still have no idea what that looks like, mind you. I'm still doing a million things, but my intentions a little better. You started
0: <laughs> with sort of even in your business and realizing like I don't need to babysit it as exactly. much. That you acknowledge that totally, earlier. totally
1: connected. So coming back to the work through line, um, I graduated. I was acting on the side, doing nonprofit jobs. I worked at various nonprofits, and then eventually in New York, in city? New York City. Yeah, okay. so doing fundraising, development, and. Stuff like that, and then I eventually moved to Los Angeles, still doing some acting. And what brought you to LA? Brought me to LA. I'm from New York. I knew I was going to end up there, and I was like, I want to do something else. Up? I grew up on Long Island. Okay, I'm like exit 49 south off the LIE for all my LI people. Um, people that don't know Long <laughs> Island is that very it's Manhattan like, it's adjacent like in the middle, or like, no, it's a full hour into the. Okay, island. it's like real Long Island. Okay, yeah. So you were like in t- the I'm city not all like, the time. I was in the city, and I'm so fun and cute, like. No, I was in like real. I grew up in real suburban Long Island life. Although my high school boyfriend was in Manhattan, so I did have a lot of that going on. We're still best friends. What's up, yeah.
0: okay. So, so moved to LA. So moved to LA. What brought you here?
1: Because uh, I have a, a lot of friends here. Um, w- uh, a lot of people from Syracuse ended up here. So they are work on various shows, writers, producers. So I had a community here. So
0: they were in the entertainment industry, even though you weren't pursuing entertainment yeah, industry in of- stuff.
1: Yeah, but not in front of the camera. So that's still interesting. Yeah, it though. is interesting. Um, so a lot of people end up here and then I also have family here. So it felt like, okay, if I'm not gonna be in New York, this is another place. And of course, acting potential came here totally miserable when I moved here, by the way, for two years, I was so lonely. I used to like go out by myself. I'd like show up to the bar where like I knew some people like just hanging out with all me and my little confidence corner here. Like who does that? Is that why you feel like you're <laughs>
0: miserable? Cause you just didn't feel like you had like people I, here yet. I'm,
1: I had some people, but like they were busy and I also was kind of lost. Like, who am I? What am I doing? What's going on? Thinking everything's wrong with my body, with myself, eating all my feelings, um, trying to, you know, have find a career in acting, trying to find a career in, in a career, making my mom happy, you know, all these different things. It was just you Yeah, know. I didn't know if
0: like cause LA, like yeah, if you had any of the sort of like some people, like I didn't move. I first moved to San Diego, but then was in LA a lot for work. And I had friends that lived here too that were in the entertainment industry. And I had, like, a love-hate relationship with L.A. We're like, yes, there's more going on there. It's so awesome. But I also was, like, judged L.A. Hardcore. Totally. And I would feel like, you know, everybody's so put together there. Or they look this way. Or everybody's so cool. Even, like, I used to despise, like, Silver like Echo Park area. This was also back in, like... That's funny. 2004. So that was a long time ago. But those were still, like, up and up, like very up and up and coming. But, um... so. I was like, oh, everybody thinks they're so cool there and everybody dresses so trendy and blah, blah, blah. And like what I then realized that nobody really cares. No one cares. People are busy looking at their own lives, doing their own. Yeah, it was busy me judging myself and making up that everybody else was judging me. Like I don't belong in the store or I don't dress cool enough to be over there or whatever. So I don't like L.A. and I don't like Silver Lake because those people think they're so cool and edgy. But it was just me judging myself and feeling like I didn't fit in. But that's what like and now and then, yeah, those ended up being like the areas that I lived in like most like but and I still and I realize like, yeah, I can I'm happy there whether I'm like a mess wearing mismatched yoga clothes and a sweatshirt or if I am wearing some sort of outfit in that it's all just me and how I feel about me and how I'm projecting that onto the world. So I don't know if like you being in L.A., out of college, if you had any of that sort of thing, we're like making up like, oh, I don't fit in because of this or I'm not this enough for that. Or what do oh, people yeah, think like, of me? I was like
1: friends with models and actors. And I was, you know, uh, dating guys who were the lead singers in bands. And I couldn't even fit in their skinny jeans. You know, I just, <laughs> like just you know, going to diners at 2 a.m. and partying. And so then really you did make some
0: sort of friends. You had some I, sort I, of social kinda, life. What saved me was um, these
1: five guys came over from the Netherlands and um, we're in a band, and they all lived in a one-bedroom apartment below me. And I loved them. I'm still friends with them to this day. And I just would go to their apartment. We drink beer and go out. And whatever it was, definitely partying. But like, they were such good guys, and they they made me feel loved and made me feel seen. And so, even though like things weren't working out on the career front as much, or they were. Everything's always working out right in some capacity. But um, I feel like I found my groove with them, and and eventually started to kind of like grow up a little bit. And then I what was happening career wise. Still working at nonprofits, and did you like that work? I I no, I just could do it, and it was also like interesting kind of day one career thing about me. I've always been a ten ninety nine employee, so meaning I yeah having like a full time position always freaked me out. So I was always like an hourly, worked less hours than full time. Like I always found that for myself or not manifested it, but you know what I mean? Saw it.
0: Do you feel like you now looking back that you were doing that
1: intent? Like, were you doing it intentionally? I was definitely doing it intentionally because I always wanted to be able, if an acting project came up or if I wanted to just, I just never liked the feeling of being tied down by something, which definitely seeded. I think me being an entrepreneur and and having my own business, I just didn't realize it at the time. And back then, you know, this is 15 years ago, uh, you know, there weren't a ton of 20 something entrepreneurs outside of, outside of San Francisco what's that area i'm thinking simi valley
0: kind huh? of oh right what am i talking about Which i don't even know back then if that was
1: like that's what i knew where entrepreneurs like um you know steve zuckerberg or steve zuckerberg yeah what so i'm saying the same thing i say steve i feel like
0: something's, something's wrong, wrong there something's wrong with that one none- neither of us know <laughs> it's okay i'm We're in my not like tired.
1: connecting zone not in my no, feel steve like Zuck- zuckerberg steve i feel zone. like it's Facebook not guy. steve it's definitely it's not <laughs> <laughs> i like
0: think it's not steve but i can't for the life of me mark Mark Zuckerberg. Okay, it's that's, Mark. That, sounds, it's Mark. that feels
1: better. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. <laughs> so, Mark Zuckerberg. So, I thought that was like where entrepreneurs were because it wasn't in your face of everywhere it is now. But it's interesting to look back and think. I like to work for myself. I like to not be tied down to a full-time
0: job. I had multi-passionate. Whereas most people would be like, want that to get some sort of benefits or like insurance. Yeah, benefits,
1: benefits. I prefer to like live life on the edge in that category. <laughs> I did not have health insurance for a lot of years. My mom paid my car insurance for a lot of years. I had debt for a lot of years too. Like when I met my, at the time, boyfriend, now husband, I was like a whole financial me- I was a He thinks I was a whole mess entirely, but <laughs> I, I beg to differ a little bit. And I'm sharing all of this with you guys just to share like you can be a mess. You can go from who knows what's going on to having conflicting feelings about your work for your family supporting, but not supporting you. Everything can be a huge, giant mess and it could still all end up amazing and okay. And that might be now and that might still be 10 years from now. You're still might be on your road to you're amazing and okay. you know. Yep.
0: No, I'm a believer of it's all working out, even when you're like, what the fuck?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So there was a lot of that going on in my late 20s. Um, and what shifted things for me, so I had no idea what was happening work-wise, still doing some acting stuff. And I was visiting New York City. And the funny thing was, uh, coming because I teach a lot about um, self-love and a healthier perspective on weight loss and emotional weight loss and what that means. And it's a lot of my work. Um, I felt the worst that I'd ever felt about my body at the time when I met my now husband because i remember i went out and nothing fit me and the only thing so i went out in new york city one night the night that i met him and the only thing that fit me was this dress made out of like bathing suit material that i had designed like i drew it and i brought it to a tailor and she made it so it was like the stretchy thing and i was just like i'm throwing on the dress that i always feel good in because nothing i feel good in nothing this is coming off the la eating all my feelings kind of back in new york visiting and then i met that night i went to the bar again was just kind of in this like whatever about life moment. And I met my future husband and went back to LA and we dated. And
0: he did he live in LA? Okay. That's why I was confused. Yeah. Okay. So this is the time when we both
1: lived in LA. You just happened so to be right. in New York. We, yes. I, we both lived in LA. We were both visiting New York city at the same time. Which we is met pretty fun. It's crazy. Visiting New York city at the same time. And then came back to LA, dated in LA for a year and a half um, here. And then we moved back to New York together but then when i was came when i came back to la he and i started dating and he lived near the santa monica farmers market not the big one the little one off of ashland and like main street the more like venice Santa. Yeah. it's not the like big giant one it's a little like smaller by the beach guy and i started going to the farmers markets and getting really into like ingredients and oh my god look at these gorgeous Meyer lemons and if i eat this it makes me feel a certain way and kind of getting
0: out of my single trader joe's cooking life were you trying to be healthy or trying to eat a certain way or yeah
1: good question because I teach a lot about um <laughs> food and
0: because I'm like I know for me body it's like stuff. diet stuff happened when I was like in fourth grade and the like fat free phase started yeah
1: so so the the parallel story to all this is me and the relationship with my butt uh, which has been a long career of uh you know my at 13 years old my tush Came out, bat for days, and I was like, oh, I don't look the way that the girls in the magazines look anymore, and that's bad, and I need to be thinner, and my mom is super thin and can eat like a bird, and I want to eat everything, just like my dad, who was always struggling with his weight.
0: I've always wanted to eat everything.
1: Always, my, I always. I don't think my dad
0: struggled with his weight, but my mom was always on a diet.
1: Yeah, so my dad was always on a diet. We have photos of him, like, drinking milkshakes at Thanksgiving dinner, because he was on some, like, milkshake diet called, I think, Vitality Choice in was the 80s he, like, or something overweight? He was a big guy. I would I would use the word like husky with my dad. Like he was tall and broad and had like, um, he carried it well. He was like a large
0: dude. So it wasn't necessarily like doctor's orders. No,
1: no. But he had a six way bypass. He had knee surgery. He had cholesterol. He was not, my dad's health was, he was never, I would say poor. Like he was never suffering or sick, but his um chemical like makeup was not very strong. Like he, you know, my dad was the overweight kid, like he used to eat mayonnaise, like homemade mayonnaise. Like my grandma would make homemade mayonnaise and kasha varnishkas and cheese kreplach, like
0: all the Jewish foods. I feel foods. like homemade mayonnaise would be something like pro again these days. I mean, it is now, but back <laughs> so then. On, like, watch what you're saying. Then. Well, not on
1: like a pile of uh, of cheese kreplach. If anybody knows what those are, they're like homemade Jewish ravioli that you eat with like a pile of sour cream and butter and...
0: Just meaning you we're know. getting back to like yes. everything being the All real the old, ingredients old and not Miracle stuff. Whip that I grew Don't, up on. Well,
1: lard. Lard is, you know, lard's where it's at, apparently. But no, my dad always struggled with his weight. And I remember my mom hiding food from him. Um, after he passed away, we found out from his secretary that he would eat two bagels on the way home from work. So a lot of like struggling, hiding. I remember my mom and dad fighting about their weight a lot. And I definitely absorb so much of this. My dad and I were like cohorts in food crime. I remember a lot. He would, we'd go into Manhattan and he'd be like, hey, Robin, you want a soft pretzel, right? And I'd be like, yeah, I didn't want a soft pretzel, but I knew he did. There was a little bit of that going on. Um, And I just, I would diet myself, try and not eat and then overeat and hide foods. And I would never say that I would be like what I would categorize as diagnosed anorexic, but I definitely had disordered eating patterns. I would go through periods where I would eat as little as I could, and then I would end up binging. I would uh, experiment with diet pills and just whatever the latest trends were to try and, like, be the thing that I
0: thought I was supposed to be. Were you ever in a space where you felt like you were the thing society was telling you to be? I mean, like, even, like, if it was like, oh, yeah, I starved myself and then I was good, but then I needed to finally eat. So what I've learned
1: so much, and I teach this in my more recent book, Thin From Within, is that I never thought I was there. That's what I thought. That's why I asked. I, I,
0: I, <laughs> I'm like, no matter how great you probably looked. Oh, my God.
1: And it's it's only really in the last few years that I've finally, finally unpacked some of that and finally unraveled and released some of that. But I, my story around never realizing I was there is I years ago, I found a photo of when I was at a yoga retreat with my husband and I was also training for a half marathon. And it was a new yoga center in like Nicaragua. When Nicaragua, people started just going there. They didn't have enough food. Like literally one day we got avocados and it was like mana from heaven. Oh my goodness. And so there wasn't quite enough food. And I was doing two yoga classes a day and running like six to 10 miles in the jungle in Nicaragua. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror and thinking I'm not thin enough. And I found this photo of myself in this little orange bathing suit. And I'm like, holy shit, like you didn't think you were thin enough? And I had this moment where I was like, oh my God. Like if you didn't think you were there, then there is no there. And you know what, Robin, as much as I love you, as I'm talking to myself right now in third person, you are not to be trusted
0: when it comes to looking
1: at yourself in the mirror. You are not to be trusted because I don't know that I'll ever see myself as like, oh, well, my belly's a little more than I like or my legs are a little more than I like. and Like that's not even a healthy thing to
0: say right now. So then what do you use? You just go by feeling. Do you not? I mean, you obviously look in the mirror. So is it just now when you have a thought like that of like whoa, thighs, and you just like are able to hear it and recalculate it, or what do you do now if you're if you've realized you can't be trusted. Yeah, so first realizing I can't be trusted is
1: a good thing, right? Because I'm like, okay, Robin, like whether you're telling yourself a negative thing or even sometimes a positive thing, like it's all kind of bullshit. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, so I say I do a lot of daily maintenance all day long around body image, how I feel, constantly slowing down tuning in, what would feel most supportive, checking in with my exercise. Is this in support is this feel supportive for me? Does this feel good for me? What are the foods that make me feel good? And even some of that I've like formalized a little bit, like in Thin From Within in my more recent book, I have a rule of five plate. Yeah. Because that helps me feel, I don't want to say it makes me feel safe, but it makes me feel like I'm covering all the food categories. It's a great template. It helps me make sure I'm actually eating more than I would. It lets me let go of the diet brain mentality a bit because it used to be like you know, I had my mom, I had a little bit being like, well, I just had a little salad for lunch. And like, look at us. Aren't we good girls? We just had a little salad. And it's like, Robin, that's actually going to set you up for
0: binging later on for cravings, like because you're not eating enough. Because you're not eating enough. But you're like, oh, I feel kind of good because I still feel kind of hungry. And I just had a salad and look at me go. And then you're going to eventually going to crash, whether it's for dinner or the next day. Or exactly.
1: Like- so I use this template. To, it's all these little systems of checks and balances to say, you know, at the end of the day, you're doing great. And then I do appreciate in the last year, especially that I've seen on my Instagram feed, like, what if we really did drop the body bullshit? What if we really did let go of of not feeling that feeling like we look our best in our bathing suits? And what if we all just went out there feeling like we don't look our best and said, who gives a damn? And like, what if we really, really did take more steps towards a body, the body positive movement that we're seeing around us? What if I was like, okay, my thighs look like this or my butt looks like that. But I'm going to let that bathing suit go up my butt anyways and give me a little wedgie because who cares? My butt's great. And so it's this daily like tuning into that conversation.
0: See yourself in the mirror, though, and your mind might still fire with a, oh, thighs, this, that. Do you hear that and then say like, like, that's what I'm saying. In that moment, you have all of those things. But I'm guessing you still have moments where your mind goes into a judgment. Totally. What do you do in that moment?
1: Depends. Different reactions. I would say sometimes I'll catch myself and be like, oh, that's not very nice. Yeah. Like that wasn't a very nice thing to say. Yeah. And I'll just be like, okay, I recognize that. And like, hey, Robin, that's not real. Like you're seeing something, you're having a thought, and like it doesn't matter. And what does matter right now? Or I'll say some things I feel grateful for. Or I'll say, I might feel that way about my body, but I can still love it anyways. Yeah. I also really recognize that I where I still get tripped up is me in underwear or naked versus me in clothes. I've made a lot of peace with myself in clothes. I could look at myself and be like, because I think also I'm dressing more for mm-hmm. what works, what feels good. I think the high waist jeans movement is brilliant, except it's not as great for your digestion, but <laughs> it just compresses a lot on your organs for people. So just something to note that if you've had a meal, you probably should unbutton your pants in a, in a very positive body positive way.
0: That is a good thing to know, because yeah, I feel yeah. like that it was such like a shameful thing for many you know, un- people.
1: Unbutton away. It's You need the room to expand and to digest, and then you can button them up later. Um, but I feel like in clothes, I'm like, because I am moving my body every day, I am eating pretty close to how I teach and how I talk about. And when I'm not eating that way, it's okay, too, because it's not this on again, off again. It's not this. Di- I'm not on the diet roller coaster. I'm not the like, you can have this and now you can't. There's no I'm not rewarding myself with food. I have worked years. You guys painstakingly worked on this for years to be finally in a slightly different place where I not even notice I said slightly different. Again, there's no there, right? I could probably work on this maybe forever, but where i have recognized I still get tripped up is naked or in my underwear. And so that's something right now that I'm working on be like, okay, you see yourself naked. Maybe you don't like what you see. It's not real. It's just not real. What you're thinking about what you see isn't real. So okay, maybe you don't have a kinder thought right now, or you can't get to a place where like, I love my legs are strong. They carry me through my day. But it's just the recognizing that it's not pulling
0: at me. I was just about to say, I think honestly, the key is that recognizing though that you're having that thought instead of going down in that feeling. You know, like it's one thing to be like, oh, I look at those thighs or look at that cellulite or whatever, and then just keep pushing into that thought. One thing to be like, there you go, judging yourself again. Let's stop. You know, just like just realizing that there's a judgment thought can help get through exactly. it. Exactly. It's funny that you're you like I have like the opposite um take with mirror, or like you say you can't trust yourself in the mirror. My opinion of myself in the mirror. I years ago, and I still reference this a lot to myself, <laughs> is that I don't trust the mirrors. Cause what I oh, always wow. remember is like uh okay, I walk down the stairs and there's a mirror at the bottom. And like the way that it's laying in the shape of the mirror, then I'm like, whoa, look at my thighs. But then I go in the garage and that mirror, I'm like, oh, look at my thighs. Mm -hmm. That the exact same, like within five minutes, I could look into five different mirrors and have five different opinions on how I look. And so I remember one day being like, well, then what the fuck is real? (laughs) Like, well, what's real? Because I'm like, whoa, hey, you're looking good, (laughs) Trisha. Look at your thighs. You can tell I've been exercising. And then I look in the other mirror and be like, oh my God, what happened? I thought I've been exercising. Like, seriously, Mm -hmm. the same, wearing same outfit, inside, outside, whatever. And so then what I like have to realize, like, for me, it was just like, again, it's all how I'm feeling. And that I can choose which one of those represents me or just not believe in any of them. And so like that's something that I always remember because I will still like those are thoughts. So like, yeah, I w- was the other day like, oh, my God, look at that. I think you can tell uh, I've been using the Peloton bike. You know, like I wasn't looking for myself for a like, do I look fitter? Do you look fitter? And just catching that. Mm. And then seriously, then I looked in another mirror, just happened to look up and I was like, oh, my God, my thighs are so big. <laughs> like. You, this is the same. You're the same. You're the, <laughs> exactly. You're the same. And then when I was like, you know what? I feel great. I feel strong. Yep. It doesn't matter what any of those mirrors are telling me. It t- matters what my mind is telling me. Yep. And that's when you have that whole conversation where you're like, none of this matters.
1: None of this has, it deserves any space in my existence. And I can honor it and recognize it and say, I hear you. I hear you're having a moment. I hear you're trying to take me down. I hear you're seeing something negative. I got more important shit to do right now. And it's taken me a long time to get to this place, but here I am. And I'm, but I stay on it. Like I don't say, oh, you'll never see me preaching from the rooftops. I, I healed this. Here I am. I'm there now. This, maybe one day it will loosen its grip on me. I, I hope for that future. But I, for now, I know that this is something that I need to give a little love to each day
0: in some capacity. Hey, it's me, Trisha. I'm bringing you a brief interruption to the episode because I want to tell you about this thing that actually Robin and I both have and love. Funny enough, we both met (laughs) at an infrared sauna blanket place to sweat at and then now both own this one because it is so amazing and easy to use. I'm guessing you've heard of infrared saunas and how good they are for you for detoxing for rejuvenating your body, for healing chronic pain, sore muscles, and even burning a shit ton of calories, actually. So instead of a wooden box that you probably hear most about, that you go in naked, that was never appealing to me. That felt very uncomfortable. This is like a infrared blanket Think of a sleeping bag. So you actually go in fully clothed and lay in there and you're all cozy and you sweat (laughs) for 45 minutes to an hour. But the best thing that I do is I'll turn on a good show, a movie, a podcast, sit there and relax fully. You can't do anything else because your hands are in the blanket to get the best effect. So you're super relaxed, super present to whatever you're watching or listening to. And then you feel so amazing. It's insane. Um, I use this because I do suffer from some chronic pain flare-ups with my fibromyalgia sometimes, when I spend a lot of time in the car, when I'm sore from working out, from when I'm really tired and I wish I could work out, but I'm just like can't motivate. Then I'll get into the blanket and sweat it all away. I seriously feel like a changed person when I'm done. Like, like I can conquer the world. My body feels great and it makes my mind super clear. And like, seriously, I can take on anything. (laughs) Okay. So where do you get it? The one that we have is from higherdose.com. They also have a location that you can use it in the New York City area, but you can buy the blanket from them. That's what I did. Higherdose.com. It's $500, but they also have an interest-free installment plan, which is what I did. And I got a discount code, which I also used. And that's what made me finally buy the thing that is amazing. So use my code JOY50 at checkout for $50 off. And you can still use that plus do the um, installment plan, the interest free installment plan. So it's a bit of an investment, but I promise you it's uh, amazing. And um, yeah, I do not regret the decision to buy it for a second. It's so good for your body, your mood, your mind, all of it. Go to higherdose.com, use code JOY50. Back to the conversation. Oh, I also, I want to get back to your story, but I, oh, yeah. I did want to mention like when you said body positivity, um, I forget Bethany something. Now she, has, she talks about body neutrality. Oh. And that I've, I haven't dove totally into it, And I can't remember her last name right now.
1: Okay, I'm into it. Whatever it is, I'm into it. But it
0: was a sort of way like you don't even have to. What I've interpreted in the little bit that I saw is that basically like, you know, we're so down on our bodies and then there's this body love movement or body positivity, like embracing your body, whatever it looks like. And that I feel like what her what she was saying is like, just you don't even have to like be Mm -hmm. like, I love my body and Mm -hmm. my curves and my cellulite so much. But just like, this is my body.
1: Neutral. exact, A hundred percent. Which
0: that's how I am often with life and sharing the messages of, you know, like I often say, like, it's great. I love the message of like, this doesn't happen to me. It happened for me. But sometimes you don't want to hear like this shitty thing happened for me or this annoying thing. So I often just say this happened. Yes. And then period. I'm able to plow, sentence. move through it for that. And so that's why I kind of love the neutrality. Like, this is my body. And Super into it. it. This is my body. This Super is what, into it. This is what I look like today. This is what I look like in this mirror. This is what I look like in this mirror. That's it.
1: <laughs> and here we are. So What What did I need to do that was way more important than any of those thoughts that I had? <laughs> back to
0: the farmer's market. Yes, yeah, back to the farmer's market. <laughs> and tasting, really tasting, so tasting like, foods for the first beans
1: time. And spring peas and arugula and all these things with the farmer's market. So basically the point in that was that I started cooking more and getting into like actually like real ingredients and I didn't, I didn't understand what whole foods meant before that. I didn't understand what any of that. Do you know
0: what you were like, yeah, you were talking about before this, the whole wheat wraps and stuff like that. Were you like in that sort of health minded of like trying to be healthy, the warped mind of what healthy was? Yeah. So trying to be healthy was
1: more like still in the vein of how much can I eat for how few calories and I'm being good. Meaning like, I call this the tuna on whole wheat with diet lemon snapple years. like, Oh, that's me being good or you know, oh, I, I got something. I had a pizza from Trader Joe's and I left one piece. And look, yay, won the day. And my whole value was based on that. Got it. So very noisy conversation with self around food and body image and all of that. And then you're trying to like
0: win Scott over trying by making him Scott some. win Scott over.
1: And God bless Scott. I look at pictures. I was definitely, you know, heavier than 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 I am now or at any point in my relationship. And he's like, I thought you looked great. I thought you looked great then. I thought you look great now. He loves the curves, loves the booty, loves the thighs, loves me. 35 pounds heavier, loves me five he like it does it really. He just like he's like, it's all
0: great. I love you. So <laughs> And I bet there's more people like Scott in the world. Yeah. More than we think. Yeah.
1: He thought I looked great. I mean he thought it looked great then. He thought he thinks <laughs> like, I look great now. Like, he like, really we does. Up. We don't give Everybody people enough credit. Them. Right. Yeah. Give people more credit. Like, you know, and it's also the lens of which you're seeing people like how, what a beautiful mirror for me that I needed at the time was someone that was like, Yeah, you got a juicy booty. Cool. It'd be fine if you didn't, but it's great you do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, really sweet. Um, So yeah, so getting more into, so trying to be a good girl around food, but then finally getting a little bit more into what food actually meant beyond the diet culture and beyond the fat-free and all of that stuff. And so one morning I made him this incredible sandwich with like egg and sourdough and spicy arugula and the LA avocados and all of that. And I went to work. I was working at a um, film festival organization at the time that was doing um, international documentaries that would do film festivals. And then they would um, get placement for the Oscars or something like that, like be in the running. So I was organizing those. And I was on Gchat with my girlfriend at the office because I would want to do anything but be at the office. And I was telling her about the sandwich and like all the detail possible. And she's like, Robin, you're really obsessed with food and cooking and what's happening in your kitchen lately. You should check out the Institute for Integrative Nutrition.
0: How did she know about
1: it? She had a friend that went to it and worked there. And this was when it was still a live school program. Very small. This was over a decade. These days,
0: I feel like, well, especially because of social media and everything like, like so much more well known. Yes.
1: Back then it was right. It, you had to like know someone who knew someone. No, because no, even when I went,
0: I was the first year, I think that it wasn't in New York, even though I was living in New York when I signed up for it. Uh, but it was even back then, like a word of mouth, almost.
1: Yeah, I was the second to last live class, so I did the last live class, and then the year after me, they offered live and virtual, and then the year after that, it was only virtual. So I, I was like, oh, okay. I googled it. I got the brochure because I like papers. So you had to be in New York. Well, I well people. So it was part time. So it was about like it averaged about a weekend a month. So a lot of oh, people would fly in. Got for it. it. So at the time, I thought I would just fly in. Um, so I got the brochure. And I teach a lot about intuition and connecting to what what that means for you, like how to live your life from that intuitive hit place, um, from your gut. And I got the brochure in my hands. And literally, I'm like the most indecisive person, especially at that time. True Libra through and through. I got the brochure. I was like, I'm doing this. I figured out how to pay in full. I had no money at the time. Credit card debt. I like talked to my sister Lori and she said she'd lend me the money through my mom somehow so I could pay in full and then I paid her. I set up this whole payment plan. It's like, you know, give something to a girl on fire kind of thing. Um, figured out school, said I'm absolutely doing this. Got I paid in full basically so I could get a discount. And at the time I planned to just commute in for it. Scott and I were living in Los Angeles. And then that was the summer that the um gas prices went through the roof. So flights to New York quickly became like six something instead of this like eleven years ago or 12 years ago at this point. And so I was like, oh, my God, we can't do this. Um, Let's move back to New York. Let's let this be the thing. That is the impetus for us. These prices are going to be expensive. So (laughs) So let's just pick up our
0: entire lives and move across the country. Okay?
1: He's like, "Uh, "Okay." (laughs) I mean, we talked about it. So it was just like, let this be the thing. That's the spark. Of course, when I, I convinced him to move back to New York and when he agreed. And then, of course, immediately after, I was like, I don't want to move anymore. It's the wrong decision. Bad choice. But. You know, we moved, and it ended up being the right choice at the time. And then I went to nutrition school, and it was really only sparked by a love of food. My mom was an amazing cook. I loved being in the kitchen. I loved creating. I loved connecting to food in this new way. I thought, oh well, maybe this will be a new diet that will probably be skinny. I really thought that in the wow. back of my head for sure. Did you feel
0: like you were like, yeah, you're going to learn like the Epic diet that we all should be following for our ideal bodies.
1: For sure. I would never like admit that at the time, but for sure. And I had no vision of, I didn't know what a health coach was. I had no vision of myself as an entrepreneur, as a business
0: owner. So like, I am so intrigued by this. Into
1: the program. It sounded great. I knew I wanted to do something with food, but I didn't want to work in a restaurant. Here we are. So went back, started the program and Here's what I love to share about why I believe I was successful out of the gate with nutrition school. Because I didn't know what else to do. So I just did what they told me. So when they're like, okay, now you should give these workshops. I gave the workshops. Now you should get a client. I got the clients. Like now you should just launch your website. I didn't question what my brand was, what my niche market was, what my logo was. I just did the things. And every little right thing added up to here we are, you know?
0: Well. Oh, I mean, a lot of things, but. I do love IAN because they not only cover such the variety of topics and like tell you that there's not the one way and all of that stuff. So it's so great for the nutritional and what do they call it? Bioindividuality. Bioindividuality, but then also know that not the like, not just the food intake, but the like emotional health. What do they call that? Oh, I should know the. The triangle or the way the career, it's career relationship, primary foods. Primary foods yeah. that they also teach primary about primary foods. foods, which is a lot of like mindset. Like, cause when I did the program, it was more of like, let me cover my ass because I've created this position as a joyologist, but it also included the fact that I was making food for the artist on tour and the emotional part and doing yoga. It was all encompassing. And so, but most people got to know were like, oh, that's Jason Moraz's like nutritionalist. And I wasn't comfortable with that because I was like somewhat, I was very self taught in nutrition from healing myself for years. But my main reason for signing up for nutrition school is because I wasn't comfortable with how the world names that people were calling me that I didn't know. And I'd never even meet in real life, likely. (laughs) But like I I had that too. I felt incompetent or I felt like imposter. I felt even though like food wasn't my main thing, it was a part of it. But I loved it because there was also that primary, like, you know, really teaching people about, the mental wellness and as well as that you can eat as healthy as possible. That doesn't mean you're going to be like happy. And so like really tuning into that. But I also love that they give you a template of like, here, do this. Here's a website for you. Here's a, you know, like you can follow this script or edit this script that they make it very easy for people that are like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to be a health coach to start it and then to make it their own. So that is amazing. But I'm sure a lot of people do that program and don't do one single step of those things. So sure, you follow the template, but you followed the template and you did things. Yeah, the template.
1: And also to note, like people think like, oh, you you got clients and you did this and you ran your business. I spent so many days depressed in bed. I spent so many days picking fights with the boyfriend at the time, the now husband, because like I didn't want to deal with the insecurity I felt or the imposter syndrome. But what did keep me going is that I just kept going. That even though I've had the fear, I felt the fear and did it anyways. Even though I had coaching programs that I launched that I got like one person in, I just I didn't let that keep me back from doing it. I just kept going.
0: Well, I would assume that's also that you felt some passion yeah, or I loved were enjoying it. I still what you're do. doing yeah, because I love it. I feel like too. It's like I can't do anything sustainably, even I'm someone that was always from like, well, I'll prove you wrong. I can do this. Um, but I, none of those things would last unless it was something that I was really passionate about. So in the end result, it doesn't even mean like, it doesn't matter if anybody listens to this podcast, but like so many people are going to listen to this podcast, but it's more about how I feel doing it. And if I would stop doing it, you know, it's like, it wouldn't be as enjoyable to do if I wasn't, or what I'm saying, like, even if something became super successful, if you're not enjoying it, then it's hard to keep going. But even when you're when you're struggling with someone, it can be constantly hard to get out of your own way or to face the thoughts of judgments or comparisons and all of that. If you're doing something you're passionate about, then it's easier to move through those fears and keep going.
1: 100%. And it's a great point is that I, it, it, this has always been connected to my higher purpose, my, my calling, my whatever it is that I'm meant to do. I'm not sure that it will always look the way that it looks right now. But for now, I'm helping people, which comes back to that like war crimes, <laughs> Robin, you know, <laughs> Always had a deep love of food. So I get to do that. Um, the entertainer, the performer, I get to do that too. I can be an extreme extrovert. So getting to connect with people and and have events and be live and speaking, like I thrive off of that. It's just like live
0: theater to me. So there's so many elements as to why this makes sense. Well, you get to build it how you want too. Your version of what you've done with IAN and being a health coach is totally different than other people's stories. Yeah. And that's that's we all get to create our own version of it, even if it's even if there's a million thousand health coaches in the world, everybody's different and gets to do whatever they want with it.
1: Recognizing your strengths, right? Like my strengths, someone might say, like, hear this and say, oh, I wish I was comfortable performing. F that. Take that off the table. What are you comfortable doing? What do you love doing? Like, please, please, please take this as permission to let it be about that and yeah. not be, well, I wish it, I could be this. Because I, I, too, spent so long doing that and it's just it's not going to serve I you. I want to
0: be this and I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this because I have to follow check all these boxes that are out there, and to, that's what successful this type of people do. You know,
1: and there is so it. much
0: more opportunity now for people in the health and wellness space. You can, like, do anything tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's talk Go With Your Gut. Okay, The name of your first book, but you also, it's very much your mantra, your yeah, it's thing. kind of my, like, life
1: tagline. Which you do.
0: <laughs> your book does cover gut health, and there's amazing recipes in that, but it's a lot deeper than that you and you did mention previously like intuition and stuff so where do you feel like you really like got honed in on go with your gut has to be so important not just for everyone else but for me because obviously it wouldn't be something you're preaching about if it's not something so important for you
1: yeah so straightforward answer with this is that i realized like every time i was trying to do a diet or something outside of myself that it was me trying to look for the thing that would fix me and when my Healing, my true healing came was me looking within and starting to ask questions more like, What would feel good for me right now? What would feel supportive? What do you need? And I'd start to hear these messages. And what I realized also at the same time is I have a whole history of like kind of crappy gut health. I was on antibiotics so much of my life. I suffered from chronic sinus infections. I also have a heart condition that required me to be on antibiotics every time I went to the dentist. And so I was, and they gave me an adult prescription is actually a whole like medical mess up in my history. I know. So I would get really sick every time because I was on like triple antibiotics and like a whole thing. So my gut was not never functioning really that well either. And I realized like when I started to get into this gut health world, I was like, okay, well, everyone's preaching gut health. What does that mean? All right, probiotics, simplifying your foods, having things like sauerkraut, um, you know, not complicating things. Like I was very much a big, uh, big into the like when I went to IIN. I would just eat all the health foods, you know, I'd eat like all the kale chips and all the things and not necessarily things that were the most healing for my gut. And so when I simplified my foods, did a lot of what I teach now in my books, calm things down, um, basically increased the health of my microbiome, those messages that I started to hear little bits about what would feel good for me and my body started to get louder and louder and louder. And so I started to make that connection between like my gut being healthy and thriving and being able to live from my gut. And especially someone like me who's like, chronic indecisive person from my lever tendencies, being able to make more decisions or hear a clearer answer was life-changing for me in so many little tiny moments and in so many big moments. And so the clients that were coming to me too, at the same time, same thing, needed to clean up their guts, clean up their diets a bit in the sense that it wasn't very supportive of their bodies. And then it was, where am I going in my life now? What's happening with my career? And so just that connection between clean up your gut so you can live from your gut. And I did that for myself and I did it with my community. And so that's what I teach in my first book and go with your gut.
0: So I'm more um, connected with like going with your gut, meaning like your intuition and stuff. How would someone know, which I'm like, everybody always needs to probably improve upon that, even someone who feels like they have been. But how would somebody know that they might need to really look into digestive mm. health? Well, so many things now, that especially with the science to prove it comes back to digestive health. Like Most of our ecosystems are a little messed up. But I mean, like, yeah, like how would somebody, when you're saying somebody's coming to you to clean up their digestive health, like what what kind of symptoms were they having? So physical symptoms.
1: So I look at everything from the practical side and then also from the energetic, emotional and spiritual side. So practical side, I would say bloating. Do you feel good after your food? Do you sleep calmly? Like, are you able to calm down at night? Um, How are your poops? Are you put most people come to me with a poop problem? Um, (laughs) You know, are you pooping at least once a day up to three times a day? Are they nice, smooth, easy bowel movements? you know, are you digesting your food? Do you feel a sense of vitality from what you're eating and indigestion,
0: bloating, reflux, all that stuff? Yeah. I'm asking all these things because I've been like, I guess I'm like, I, those were things I handled early on. So that's, I was like, I don't know what that would feel like, but I realized that's very common. Very
1: common. Typically it's after you eat and you feel crappy kind of from what you ate. And then on the emotional, more spiritual, energetic side, are you getting those messages? Are you hearing downloads from inside of you? Do they feel like it's your gut, your intuition speaking to you? And so if you're not getting that on the more spiritual part as well, it could also be connected to your gut health and
0: also connected to your story around your intuition and your personal connection to your own guides. Okay. Intuition and that kind of gut are so tricky because sometimes our fears...
1: Which is something you teach about. Yeah, this is where I hand it off to you. <laughs> can be
0: so much louder. Yeah. That's so... I so often will be able to be like, oh, I don't know what I want or I don't know. I can't listen. But it's just because like the fears and doubts are so strong that like, of course, you can't hear those like pings because then you're like, you can't trust, your, you can't trust yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like you're saying like, you're going to yep. trust yourself like in the mirror Like most people can't trust their own minds. And there's a
1: process <laughs> for healing before you can start to, right? You might need to get a, a health code or someone that can help you say like, is this coming from me? Is this a fear voice? And I I talk to that a lot around um, cravings as well. Like people are like, oh, well, if I'm craving French fries, how do I know that that's like my intuition's telling me I need that? Like I'm craving chocolate. Is it magnesium? Is it like, is there other minerals here? Is it a loving, you know, food for me to choose right now, or is it Am I, coming like, from celebrating? Another... Is this right. like
0: what I do because I'm celebrating? Is exactly. this why I'm sad, so I need chocolate. And I
1: always say the same thing around food and cravings and the same thing I think around intuition versus that fear voice to me, and everyone's experience is different. And I implore you to like explore this on your own, right? Find some resources, do some journaling exercises. You know, if my words are speaking to you or someone else about uh, someone else about intuition is spend some time on it. But what I share is that something that's coming really from your intuition, whether it's French fries or, you know, what should I do about this big decision? It feels much calmer than the fear voice. It feels like it's almost this like light energy. It has just a different color to it, a different spirit to it, a different voice to it. Whereas something that comes more from a fear voice or a should or almost like a um, a technical craving, it feels very grippy very must, very have to, or like it needs to happen right now or in this moment, as opposed to I have space. This feels supported. This feels doable. This feels expansive.
0: Let's talk about that was French fries. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, no, so I'm feeling I've like an article about the super mind body cream. We can link it in it for you guys. Yeah. It's like,
0: what if my intuition just tells me the French fries all the time or something like great not title, not but title but like that. Yeah. Oh, sure, just, but no, not all the time. But yeah, but I think I did read that a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, when, when you, cause you're saying those different voices, where it's like, if I'm like, oh, French fries, those sound good tonight. Yeah, you know what? I think I am craving French fries. Oh my God, I got, we have to go to that restaurant where I love the French fries. I'm gonna the French fries. I've
1: heard you talk about your French fries story too. I know we all, all have these like big French fries stories. It's, this one little
0: food has become like pinnacle for so many. Yeah. So if it shows up like that, then it's like, Good. But if it's like, oh, my God, I need the French fries. I've had such a shitty day. I have to go with those sh- French fries or like I cannot like w- like I'm just wanted to reframe it in or or talk or break it down in yeah. the terminology that yeah. you said it for food. Because I think so many people have that. Yeah, I
1: think it's more like a wouldn't it be nice if I could have that now or if I could have that tonight? And if, if it was like, oh, where well, I can have it later, too. That to me feels like that. Like, like I said, that lightness, this like non gripping energy of balance of calm of intuition of guidance of your gut when it feels like a have to a need to um and not that those are bad right because also I want to point out like even if it is a I had a shitty day and I want the french fries that's okay too like that's information too and that's not for you to judge well I didn't listen to my my intuition steered me wrong it's it's do you see it's so nuanced you
0: guys no and like I get I just like to say things more to make sure other people would understand that or whatever because like I definitely there were so many years of my life I did not eat french fries I just not didn't eat white potatoes those things are evil what are you talking about and then I was like okay I can eat potatoes you know what I can eat french fries I like french fries and I still feel good but that's not for me it's like certain ones I eat these french fries I feel great afterwards I'll eat every single french fry from that huge entire plate I feel great, but I also like don't eat them every day. And it's I when usually when I want to go eat them, it's because I'm just like, well, oh, that sounds like wouldn't yeah, it fun. be nice if yeah. When it
1: comes with a wouldn't it be nice if feeling like words language just, oh, that
0: sounds good today, but not like oh my god, I need those fries. Then that's supportive. so bad.
1: If it if it feels connected to something like I don't know, just doesn't feel like your truest you. But I still will
0: sometimes be like, yeah, you know, I think there's for sure some things and I'm like, oh. I know I'm going to go emotionally eat, but I know it. And so like, I'm cool with that. I don't do it all the time. And I'm just like, you know, it's been a long ass. I want to day. dive into a pile of ice cream. I'm going to stop at Sage on the way home. And I'm not only going to get yep. their cauliflower wings. I'm also going to get their pizza. <laughs> and I am going to love it. All of the above. Like- <laughs> and that's when you say like,
1: great. When you're like, I enjoyed every But it's, bite. it's my
0: awareness of like, cool, I know this is this. But it's also in that to enjoying the food. Because I also realized that so many years, I'd be like, I'm allowed to have the pizza or I'm allowed to have the French fries. And then you're like shoving it in your mouth. hmm But in like the but then also feeling terrible about it afterwards that it was like the shame and about it was worse than just like eating the french fries and enjoying it. <laughs> and if you're not sure where to go with this, it's like check your feelings first. Like if I was like having a
1: pizza moment, I'd be like, Am I trying to eat over some feeling I'm having here? Does this feel can I just give this, can I give this feeling just a moment? Can I just sit down? Take a few deep breaths and just ask myself, like, is there something here that needs a minute
0: or do, I just, really or do I just really want pizza? I
1: just really want pizza and then enjoy your pizza. And then the other thing that I always teach in all my books is chew,
0: chew, chew. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh. Digestive health starts in your mouth. I'm your sure mouth. so many people think about you when they are. Good. That's what I like. Hummeling food into their mouths.
1: Chewing. Yeah. We talk so much about like uh, breaking free of emotional eating and slowing down or helping our digestive systems. There's so many doctors, so many books, so many scientists, so much amazing research around gut health.
0: Nobody talks about chewing Nobody except Robin Eucalyptus. Chewing
1: because it's not that sexy <laughs> and it's kind of boring. And like every every TV segment that I do, I always pitch, well, I could go on and show them how long you should <laughs> chew <choose> something. <laughs> I can imagine that segment. And they're like Robin on camera eating one carrot for two minutes straight. And they're like,
0: Ass. I love that. You know, it with like, and then you come back, and then you. That's what do I want to do. Like, then they're finishing this, and she is still still chewing on that same bite of still, still chewing. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, but it's
1: true though. So many of my clients, community that I work with, on readers, they're like, "Oh, I went to every GI specialist, and I did your chewing challenge. I have a 21 day free chewing challenge, and all I did was focus on chewing my food for you know every meal of every day. Didn't wasn't perfect, but it was so much better. And guess what? My heartburn's gone. I'm pooping twice a day now. It's like." All these medicines, and I'm not to take away any attention from if you need those things or your GI has changed your life. There's many, many brilliant ones out there. But start with something that's simple, free, you can do anytime. So my tip around that is it's just chew your food as far as you can take it to liquid before swallowing, and that will automatically slow you down. And everyone says, like, I want to be eating more mindfully. I don't want to be on my phone focus on your chewing. It gives your little monkey brain something else to do instead of all the things we don't want to do. In my
0: mind, I just heard boring. I know. I
1: know. You (laughs) got to sit with the food. It is so boring. I've had so many people be like, I just stopped eating because I was just so bored. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, uh, yeah, that's how long it's supposed to take you to eat that pizza.
0: Okay. Back to going (laughs) with your gut. Where do you notice in your own life that it's hardest to go with your gut and to like trust those voices? Oh my God,
1: great question. I think um, family stuff gets sticky. Like things with my partner or my husband, if I'm not sure about something for my daughter, I'm dealing with something with my mom or just like, I just get, when it gets personal, personal, and it's not something that I have full control over or something that like I'm, it's only me at stake. I think when things get messy or it's not a
0: clear decision, um, I get a little lost around the intuition stuff. Do you feel like that could be connected to because, like, really, you deep down do know, but it's like, well, I don't want to say that because then I maybe I'm going to hurt their feelings or I don't know if they're going to agree with that. Do you feel like it's because I find and a lot of times in our own, my life that like that biggest fear of being accepted or loved often comes from the people that love us the most, where it's, sometimes we can it's, we have the hardest time saying what we really want to say.
1: I, yeah, I think
0: it's I think it's a mix so of things for sure.
1: Yeah, I just get a I get a little cloudy around some personal areas for sure. It's so not what do as you clear do? to me. I try and slow things down. I try and just say, like, I need a minute with this. Maybe I'll do something for myself first until it can get clearer or I can see a different solution. Or I can just invite more kindness into the situation, or I can invite, I don't know, like if somebody else knows better than I do in that moment, it's like, let me hand over the reins. Um, I think sometimes I just get like I give an example this past weekend, there was a mastermind thing I wanted to go to on Sunday, but I wanted to spend time with my family. And I didn't have a clear like, no, be with your family today or no, go to the mastermind today. It Because really ju- you wanted to do both, but you're like, hello, gut, where's my ping? Yeah, I, and I never got a ping and I never got a ping. And so what I shared with that is I just went with what felt a little more right, yeah. which, which I, I'm glad that this came up because... We have this idea of like wellness makes everything perfect or when you're doing all the self-care things, you'll always know. Or look at Robin. She teaches about intuition. She must always feel connected. And it's like, no, I have these days, too, where like I don't get the answer and maybe I'm not supposed to. And the day was kind of a meh and that's okay. Like (laughs) you can have a lot of amazing days and you can have a lot of days that are just kind of like you never got you never got there and you just go to bed. (laughs) Feel the one
0: choose the one that feels slightly better. And that's, In those cases. and that's okay.
1: And sometimes I have had that happen where like so many miraculous things happen. Well, oh, this was the clear decision and great. And the universe has all these little sparks for me. And, and sometimes that doesn't happen at all. And that's okay too. Like the universe is not always sparking for Do me. you ever guys. get like, I just made the best intuition call ever. Where? <laughs> Hello? Anybody? Where's all the great gifts that the, I'm supposed to be bestowed upon right now. Yeah. No, it doesn't always happen like that. It's not always like article worthy.
0: The statement, like everything happens for a reason. It's like as soon as something happens and like pop up reason. Like,
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah, totally. And And I share these things too on social media and I have a lot of people write me like constantly like, oh, you're human just like us. I'm like, yes, I'm human all day long, you guys. And I have a friend too that was like, I feel like we see everything of your life on social media. I'm like, No. If you add up how many 15-second clips you see, you see like 0.2% of my day, probably.
0: Yeah. Funny. Well, yeah, just we're all human. And that like, yes, we are all human. And that's like the main overall goal of this podcast is that for me to be sharing that all of these people that I'm inspired by, intrigued by, no matter what their level of success is or whatever it is that they're doing in their lives, that we're all human, all human, and Super that for human. me, it's just like in seeing that, then it's like helps the connectedness of our to ourselves and to others. So that's like get out. Of, you, you can get out of your own way. You can go through your fears. You can trust yourself more. All of that. But that's the goal. Yeah. All right, I would love to keep talking, but we're on a schedule, so I'm just gonna get to the questions I've been asking everyone. Oh, we have
1: we have those. Those yeah. always scare me. Trisha. No, no, no. They're so good.
0: <laughs> One. I've been bringing to everyone all of my keychains for them to pick. I didn't lay them out for you because you picked one a couple months ago. But I, I am magic. I have it. Yeah, I thought about laying them, relaying them out to see which one you needed the most right now. Right now, I would say I am enough. I have your, oh. I have your keychains. But
1: I don't need Trisha's keychains in front of me. I have them memorized. All right,
0: because I was going to ask what you would pick and why. So right now, I you would go to I am enough. I am enough.
1: I'm, I'm finding myself in a little bit of like a you're, you're not doing enough, that little voice that mm. that has gotten me so far but I no longer need, I'm finding it creeping in a little bit more strongly.
0: Like right now this week, because you just got back from Coachella and sort of that, like had a like rest or week or just like in general, even before.
1: I think I'm, I'm the, I'm no longer the do it all girl. I think I'm doing it all again. And so I need to tell myself if I do one thing today or I do no things or I do five things, I am enough. I'm doing enough. You are enough. You're being enough. You're giving enough. You're showing up enough. Like you can do less Robin. It's okay. Like I just, am, I need that little strengthening again. I have for that sure. one with you. Okay. <laughs> I could just energetically <laughs> hold it.
0: <laughs> I could do a giveaway for you guys. I could do a little gifting. What is one or any several of your go-tos to raise your joy levels? I'm guessing your, like your pause is to take the breaths is something just to like, whether it's to get you back to like, okay, I'm here present or just, yeah, get you in a more joyful, like, yes. Oh, this is something I do want to do. I'm excited to be here when you're in the burnout or whatever mode?
1: Yeah, this is a great question because I, I like reminding myself of that because I feel like even though I run a business and I have employees and I have my life and all these things that at the heart of why I started all of this was because I love food, that what gets me, I wouldn't even say joyful, but just to neutral, which sometimes is the best place you could ever be, is just at my stove, doing something for dinner. Mm. No pressure, not a recipe. Sometimes I'll share on social media. Sometimes I won't. I put on Billie Holiday. Even my daughter knows. She goes, mommy, put on Billie Holiday. She knows that's my like, put on Billie Holiday. I put some food together on the stove. And I just, I'm me, but I'm not the like, oh, here's superstar Robin me. Or here's Robin boss woman me. Here's Robin doing it all. It's just neutral, calm in my body. And being in my kitchen just always does that.
0: Awesome.
1: Unless I'm baking, then baking makes me very stressed (laughs) out. (laughs) But I mean, a no pressure cooking zone just still brings me so much joy. Like going to the farmer's market and coming home. We did that yesterday. We went to the farmer's market and made this amazing, super fresh trout and salad greens and everything tasted better because it was fresh from the farmer's market. And because I could be in the kitchen and just be in my life, not be all the things that we carry all the time.
0: Yeah. Okay, this is something that I posted on Instagram a while back, but I've been asking everybody because ever since I wrote it, I keep seeing it more places. Um, I said, what is easiest for me is not always what is best for me. Can you see where you can apply that to your own life? What is easiest for me is not always what is best for so, me.
1: Yes, it's easy for me to be in like worker mode. So I could be at a computer, eight hours straight, doing the emails, doing the, be- the busy work. That's, that's what's easy that's for you. That's easy for me to slip into that like I'm a good worker mode. Oh
0: my god, my it's, eyes are open all big. <laughs>
1: I know. It's not the best for me. That me, that's me hiding from what I'm really here to do. Even though it moves my business along, it's not necessarily. I'm still figuring that out. <laughs> but I know it's not to respond to emails for 8 hours in a day. It's to be more in the things that light me up. It's it's I love doing on camera work. I love doing podcast stuff like this. I love speaking, presenting, doing my coaching. And I have been doing way more of that in my business in the last couple of years, for sure. Um, but I just, again, kind of how I said I have to check in on the maintenance of how I feel about my body. I have to check in on the maintenance of how I'm approaching my work and showing up.
0: Got it. So like, does that because like it's easiest for you because then in your mind, you're like, well, I'm a good worker. I'm moving my business forward because I'm sitting here mm-hmm. at Checking the the boxes, doing things. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. All right. The podcast is called officially no longer saying I was say,
1: what is it called <laughs> Trish and I talked about this by the way I think for almost every other interview I still was
0: saying the working title is because that's how I do things <laughs> I just start doing them and I don't even know what it's going to be called good. yet good <laughs> uh it's claim it oh cool yeah so Muzzle meaning <laughs> meaning it's up to us to claim it whatever it is that what we really can't feel things unless we're claiming it for it's up to us to claim our joy to claim our dreams to claim our enoughness to claim our worth to claim our value all of that but if it's coming from the exterior that's great but a lot of times we won't feel it unless we ourselves are claiming it for ourselves and seeing it for ourselves have it for ourselves what are you claiming for yourself right now oh wow
1: i'm claiming that what i love doing in my business is enough like i am valuable enough on this planet just getting to do the things
0: i love awesome i love you i love you we'll have to talk again thank you this
1: was (laughs) so much fun we're sitting in this cozy little walk-in closet (laughs) this la house we're staying in trisha came thank you this was great
0: you're welcome any last words just love you
1: and i'm very inspired by you and trisha is just such a brilliant example of like that feels good to me. That feels aligned. That feels like something I want to do. And then here we are doing it several weeks later. So amazing on you. And thank you for inspiring us all. Oh,
0: thank you. And you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. As always, you can find podcast notes, things that we mention and links at yourdryalgist.com slash podcast to find Robin. She is at Robin Eucalus, which is Y-O-U-K-I-L-I-S on Instagram. Her website is RobinEucalus.com. I'll have links for her books in the show notes. Please share the episode and tag us. I'm at Joyologist on Instagram, and my website is yourjoyologist.com. We love hearing from you and seeing what ahas and insights and laughs you have as well. I'd also love for you to subscribe and rate the show. As a thank you, I pick someone each week to send a box full of goodies to from my affirmation-based product line. Yes, I have a whole line of products with mantras, phrases. Some are more direct with key cuss words than others. An affirmation deck, journals, mugs, keychains. And I also have a daily inspiration app called Own Your Awesome that you can find in the App Store. Hundreds of powerful thoughts and affirmations to inspire you. Own Your Awesome. So send me a message your YourDriologist at yourdrawljust.com with your screen shredded review and you'll be entered to win a box full of goodies. But you're welcome to shop my product anytime yourdrawljust.com and you'll hit the shop button. As always, I hope that these conversations are helping you to look more at your own thoughts and your own life. Feel free to message me anytime. I'm here for you. What I want is for you to claim it all for yourself. So what are you claiming for yourself right here, right now?